What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Legacy Sports Podcast. Hope everyone's doing well, staying safe. I know it's been a minute since the last podcast, um, but now that my busy season is done, I'm hoping to be able to get some more content out, um, mostly around golf, uh, as that is my favorite sport to cover. Um, We'll be doing some NFL draft videos here in the the coming weeks as well with the draft here at the end of um, the end of April and then uh, I hope to also do some NBA podcasts uh, as we approach the playoffs here um, in the early part of the summer so definitely looking forward to that Um, remember to follow us on Twitter at Legacy Sports Podcast Um, that's where you'll be able to find uh, this podcast as well as all of my other ones. Uh, and we're also on Spotify as well. So let's go ahead and dive into the Masters. Uh, so this week, of course, the Masters is being played at Augusta National Golf Club. Uh, par 72 playing just short of 7,500 yards. Um, everyone pretty much knows the course. It's the same every year. Um, they have a ton of different tee boxes on a majority of the holes that they can play. So... You know, it, it the card is um, seventy th- or seven thousand four hundred eighty five yards, but that can play uh, within a plus or minus fifty to a hundred yards, depending on uh, where the tee boxes are. Um, the front nine is pretty standard for the most part. Um, you start out with with a par four there on the first hole. Uh, the second hole is that par five, pink dogwood. Um, with it's kind of like a, a narrow, um, like a thin narrow green guarded by two bunkers, um, so a really good chance, a good opportunity to get your round off early uh, with the birdie for sure. Um, ideally, uh, if you can get an eagle, like last year, I believe Dustin Johnson eagled this hole once, if not twice, uh, in route to his um, historic win in, no- in the November Masters. But um, definitely a good way to get your round started. Uh, hole three is a shorter par four that I remembered Bryson talking about hoping to drive last year. Um, it's playing 350 yards. It really just depends on what direction the wind's coming out of um, as to how you want to approach that. A lot of guys will take um, will take wood into or off the driver there instead of using uh, the big stick. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how the players attack that this year. Um, the long par four long par five, uh, juniper hole six, a little bit shorter par three, um, and then seven, eight, nine, par four, par five, and par four. Then we get to the back nine, which is probably my favorite nine holes of golf um, anywhere in the world. Uh, Hole 10 and 11 are extremely challenging. Uh, Camellia hole 10 is that long dogwood, dogwood left with the undulating green that is almost impossible to hit, especially because more than likely um, you're going to be taking your second shot with the ball above your feet if you're a righty um, or below your feet if you're a lefty. But either way, it's really hard to hold that green. Uh, And, you know, for those guys starting out, that started out on 10 back in November, it was a brutal way to start your tournament. and then it doesn't get much easier with white dogwood there um, on 11, which starts uh, aiming corner with that second shot. Um, I remember 
I think it was last, yeah, it was in November, uh, Colin Morikawa, he, his second shot was left of the, left of the green, and it landed, like, almost down in that lake that guards the left side of the green, um, and when he took his third shot, uh, to chip up onto the green, the ball just went straight up into the air, landed in the exact same location, and then rolled back into the pond, um, so definitely, in my opinion, hole 11 is probably the toughest hole in the course. Um, there's that uh, collection area just short right of the green that a lot of players end up laying up to, um, which, you know, it's just a, a closely mown area to chip from, um, but definitely doesn't make it any easier uh, on hole 11. Uh, hole 12 is probably the probably the most one of the most famous holes in the world. Um, it's the par 3 uh, where you have to go over the lake um, and land it there on the green in between those two bunkers. Um, uh, two years ago, back in 2019, uh, you saw a lot of guys going to the water there. And then even back in 2020, um, this was the hole that Tiger, I think he went in the hole, or I think he went in the water three times on this hole um, and route to like an 11, uh, which kind of took him out of contention before making four birdies coming in uh, to close out his his November Masters. Uh, hole 13 Azalea, another great, um, great location to get an eagle, only 510 yards. Um, the tee shot's pretty demanding. Uh, if you end up right, you're going to be in the pine straw. But um, you also don't want to go too far left because you can go uh, OB there. I'm pretty sure Bryson went OB last year um, here on 13. Uh, so you want to have, have a nice tee shot, um, have a good look into the green in two um, and have have a chance at an eagle and then just to kind of quickly go through um, 14 and 15 par 4 and par 5 uh, 16 is that famous par 3 where a whole many hole-in-ones are made with the generous Sunday tee location uh, playing right around 170 yards and then the course ends with 17 and 18 both par 4s um, obviously 18 has that really narrow um, that narrow area that you have to drive the ball through. Uh, so a great way to, to end the course. Um, you know, so all in all, this course is going to be set up significantly different than what we saw back in November. Um, you know, in November, it was a lot more receptive. The greens weren't quite as fast. They do have the sub air system under the fairway and the greens, um, that they can use basically at any time to, uh, speed up the fairways, the greens, pretty much whatever they want to do this course, they can do regardless of conditions. Um, but of course, here in April, here in the spring, the course tends to run a little bit faster. Um, and early reports uh, from the guys playing practice rounds Monday and, and today were that the greens were extremely quick. The balls were running out on tee shots, um, which obviously is going to benefit those those guys that hit the ball farther. They're going to be able to get extra distance. Um, but in the same breath, it's also going to help those shorter hitters to get a little bit extra rollout um, from their drives that might not cross the 300-yard mark. Uh, so all in all, we will go into a DraftKings breakdown here, but um, looking back at the November Masters, I'm more than likely not going to take um, too much uh, stock in what happened there just because the conditions were so different um, the state of golf was very different at that moment um, there were obviously different players playing well um, than as compared to now but but even beyond that 
Um, it was just a different a different time of the year, and this course will be playing significantly different. Um, so while that probably was my most uh, well, it was my most profitable week on DraftKings. Um, hopefully, I can uh, kind of recreate that magic here this week. So let's go ahead and start uh, with the 10K range. So these are the top uh, six golfers led off by the defending champion, Dustin Johnson, um, at 11.5, and working all the way down to Xander at an even flat 10,000. Um, so I'll just go ahead and give like my two or three favorite players in each range, uh, and then someone who uh, I would fade for, for whatever reason. Um, so we'll start up here in this 10K range. Um, I absolutely love John Rahm. Um, I think I've, I've seen his number uh, around twelve to one on the on the betting markets, um, which is pretty solid um, considering. I believe there's four guys who have um, shorter odds than him, and I believe Rahm is probably coming in outside of Justin Thomas and Spieth in probably the third best shape. Um, his game has been it's been clicking uh just can't seem to uh to get a win to put it all together uh, unfortunately his putting has been not quite up to par lately um he's gaining 0.33 um strokes uh to the field and putting on average in 2021 which is fine um his history here is fantastic uh just the past three um three masters uh, we're three top tens, a four, a seven, and a nine. Um, so I look look for Rom to hopefully get out, um, get and get in a really good round early to kind of solidify uh, himself going into the weekend. Because um, in a lot of the big tournaments lately, he's been a little shaky on Thursday and Friday, and then has had to put in a big surge on moving day, uh, and just ends up being too far behind to make a, make a push for first. Uh, I believe this is kind of what happened to him back in November uh, if I recall correctly he had a huge Saturday but it just he was too far back to make that push on Sunday um, so John Ron will be the first guy that I'm looking at here uh, second Justin Thomas uh, fresh off his win at the Players Championship um, he looked fantastic there uh, especially after a couple rough tournaments uh, prior to that so definitely excited to see um, Justin come out here and hopefully uh, be able to win his first ever Masters. He's coming off a fourth place finish back in November, uh, a tournament where I, I legitimately thought he had a shot going in on Sunday. Um, of course, Dustin Johnson just ran away with it, but um, I, I do believe that Justin Thomas probably is going to be one of the highest owned uh, golfers on DraftKings. Um, so he's he's definitely a guy you can look for. Uh, I probably won't get too much exposure there uh, because the guy that I really like in this range is Rory McIlroy. Uh, partly because of the ownership leverage you'll be able to get on him in GPPs. But uh, I just have this weird feeling about Rory this week. Just got a new swing coach, uh, which most people tend to tie to um, some, some rough results coming uh, when guys change to a new swing coach. Uh, they expect kind of a, uh, a rough period uh, right away after. But I actually... When I when I remember when watching Rory back in November on this tournament, um, he was coming in in not so great form. Um, obviously, having not won in over a year, 
uh, not much has changed, but he does have um, a good amount of top 10s in the last year, which for your average golfer would be fantastic. But of course, for Rory is kind of a disappointment because we expect him to win, uh, win tournaments, win majors. And of course, this will complete the Grand Slam if he's able to win uh, the Masters here. So I just have a really a, a weird feeling going into this week about Rory. Uh, hopefully I'm right be able to get him at 10% ownership or maybe a little bit less um, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, be able to steal, you know, steal some spots there um, by putting him in a majority of my lineups. And then last, uh, lastly here, the guy who I'm going to fade is actually going to be Dustin Johnson. Uh, back in November, I had him in a lot of my lineups, which was the reason I was able to uh, do so well on DraftKings. But his recent form hasn't been great. Um, a 28th, a 48th and a 54th in his last three tournaments uh, is not exactly what you want to see from Dustin. Um, and he was initially signed up to play at um, the tournament last weekend, the Valero, but he ended up withdrawing a day or two before the tournament actually started, um, which was kind of strange. Uh, it was a little weird why he initially entered the tournament. Makes me think that maybe he wasn't feeling the greatest about the Masters. Uh, and then as time uh, got closer, he realized maybe the extra rest would be beneficial. Regardless, at 11-5, um, that's just too much to spend for a guy who has, in my opinion, more question marks than Rom, uh, Thomas, and even Bryson. Uh, I do like Bryson, but uh, I was kind of scarred after watching him last, uh, last Masters. Obviously, he's coming off that big win at the API um, and a third place finish there at the players, but... Still a little a little nervous about playing him here at the Masters. Maybe maybe next year, the year after, uh, is when he can really make a push for it. Uh, so then moving down to the 9K range, uh, starts with Patrick Cantlay at 9,800 and moves down to Webb Simpson at 9K. Uh, I really like three guys in this range, starting with Cantlay at 98, uh, Pat Patrick Reed at 93, and my favorite play from this range is Webb Simpson at 9K. Um, what can you say about Cantlay? His strokes gain approach are uh, off the charts lately. He has been just lights out um, with an iron in his hand. And typically on this course, uh, you need to have a good drive. But all in all, you just need to be a good ball striker. And Patrick Cantlay is coming in as one of the hottest ball strikers on tour. Uh, I like Patrick Reed. Probably going to be a little bit lower owned than, of course, uh, Spieth and Cantlay as well. Um, so I like maybe maybe I like that we can might might be able to get a little bit of a leverage here leverage play, uh, with Patrick Reed, and um, obviously he won back in twenty eighteen so he he has the experience here he knows what he's doing, uh, and and I think this will be a good place for him especially if uh, there are some weather conditions that make this course a little bit tougher, um, I always like Reed on tougher courses, and then lastly Webb Simpson, um, Webb's not really known for being a long hitter. Uh, he, he does struggle with um, his off the tee game. It's not horrible. He's not he's not spraying it all over the place like Ricky Fowler has been, but um, it's just not his strong suit of his game, and I think he realizes that. Um, so it's something he puts a lot of work into. Um, but of course, when you know after that um, that initial drive of the golf ball, he is fantastic. Uh, his Strokes gained um, approach. He's getting half a stroke on the field on average per round. Um, his putting has been fantastic. And really just tee to green. Um, 
has been slowly improving for Webb. And I think that, you know, two straight top 10s, 20th place back in 2018, um, the form isn't the greatest. But if there was a guy who um, I think could come in in kind of shaky form and has the formula to perform well, or at least avoid the big numbers, uh, I think Webb is that guy. And then my fade here in the 9K range is going to unfortunately have to be Jordan Spieth. Um, you know, his pricing is fantastic, which is part of the reason why his ownership is going to be so high, along with, obviously, that win last week. Um, and I'm just, I don't want any part of a 30% owned Jordan Spieth where, you know, if he, if he finishes T20, that's not going to help you out. And if, you know, somehow he misses the cut, um, that's going to take out a third of the lineups. So sort of a game theory play there, but uh, that's how I'm going to... Um, play the 9k range moving down here into the 8k uh kicked off with terrell hatton at 8900 all the way down to tommy fleawood at 8k um and this is where you can find probably my favorite uh play of the week um so the three guys i'm kind of going to be rolling out here are uh victor holland at 8700 daniel berger at 8500 and then my favorite player of the week like i mentioned uh matt fitzpatrick at 8100 um, you know, Hovland has been a little shaky lately, but back in like January, February, he was just lights out tee to green. Um, of course he struggles around, around the green. So, um, these closely mown collection areas aren't going to be his friend this week. Uh, so we're kind of banking on him hitting a lot of greens, um, and being in position off the tee to hit those greens, which he typically is. Um, his putting has been fine. Um, not great, but it also hasn't been as bad as it usually is. Um, so as long as, as he's as, as long as he is able to hit the greens in regulation, uh, I'm not too worried about Hovland. Um, Daniel Berger is going to be highly owned. He's coming in, um, playing pretty well. Obviously, one back at Pebble Beach, um, you know, a shorter track. But I still think that um, he, you know, he's gaining across the board in all the strokes gain categories. Um, and, and he's definitely up there in strokes gain total. And at 8,500, I mean, you know, the, who the guys he's around, like Sung Jae's above him, obviously, you know, got second in November, but he his irons have been awful. Lee Westwood at 8,800. I mean, he had those two, like, second place finishes back to back. But besides that, I haven't been all that impressed. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton is awful at majors as much as I, I love Hatton. Uh, I think he's a great character. I think he's pretty good for the game, even though he gets quite upset every round um but all in all i, I think burgers while he's going to be highly owned i'm willing to eat that chalk here and just get um get different somewhere else and then yeah my favorite play um of the week is one matthew fitzpatrick at 8100 he uh has been known for a shorter hitter but he is just i i mean everywhere else his, his putting obviously is fantastic um, his short game is great. His approach numbers have been off the charts, and he's actually sn- kind of sneaky, but he's been gaining more distance uh, over the last year, um, as all the other players are, and it, you're starting to be able to tell. Um, he's starting to be, uh, to put um, different clubs in his hand coming into the green, so he's, gonna, he's having more wedges or um, you know, an 8 or a 9 iron instead of a 6 or a 7. 
and that is just helping him because the short game is so great. Um, so this is a guy that you know is going to be able to find the fairway off the tee, and his putting is fantastic. So if we can just get him within, you know, 15, 20 feet uh, here and there, he should be able to roll in some lengthy birdie putts, and once he gets going, um, I think Fitzpatrick is uh, a safe top 10 bet if you're looking at that. Um, and I honestly think he's live to win this tournament. Uh, and if it does get a little windy or the conditions get um, a little more difficult than expected, kind of like what I said about Patrick Reed, uh, Fitzpatrick plays um, plays those courses and those conditions very well. Um, so I have no no doubt that um, if the, if this gets uh, you know turns into a minus seven or a minus eight type winner, I think Fitzpatrick is definitely live. Um, so then moving down here into the 7K range, uh, we've got Sergio Garcia all the way down to Shane Lowry, Molinari, and Perez at 7K flat. Um, some of the guys I like here, I'm not going to talk as much about them. Um, I like Bubba, you know, lefty, obviously he's won here twice. I, this, this course just fits his, his swing extremely well. Um, Paul Casey, 7,700. He's going to be mega chalk this week. Uh, but I'm willing to eat that as well and just get different somewhere else because he's just he's coming in in great great form, uh, and I, I I just think this could be his week um, to maybe push for a top five, uh, top three maybe. Um, I like Jason Day. Uh, I was kind of torn between him and Louis. Uh, you know, both of them have probably even an equal chance of withdrawing from this event, um, but I feel like Louis. Who has just been lights out with the putter lately um that that kind of scares me a little bit uh, i think the putter is well there's definitely some talent that goes into putting and you know being able to read the greens and such um, i also think there's a little bit of luck that comes with putting and when i see a guy who's just been um he, he kind of an average putter to a, a below average putter over his career get on a really hot streak um, that makes me wonder if there is going to be a little bit of regression uh, sometime in the near future, and I don't want that week to be this week. So I'm just going to avoid him uh, and pivot to Jason Day, who, of course, has had success here. Um, take away that November Masters, he has um, four top 25 finishes in the years after that. So uh, I'm not worried about his his form coming in either. So I think Jason Day is a safe bet here in the middle, um, in the mid-7K range. And then I love uh, Joaquin Neiman. Um, of course, this will be his first time playing because he was not able to play back in November. I'm pretty sure he had COVID. Um, and, and Neiman does scare me a little bit um, with his short game and his approach. But off the tee, he absolutely flushes the ball. And if he's able to put himself in good positions with his irons, I think like kind of like Hovland, he'll be able to hit a lot of greens um, and hopefully avoid some of those big numbers um, because his, his short game is not the greatest. And then I think that's about it for the 7K range. The guy I'm going to fade here is probably going to be Will Zalatoris, um, which hurts to say. Probably him and Sergio. Um, I absolutely love Willie Z, but um, just the lack of experience here scares me. And for Sergio, I, he's team no putt. I don't like guys that are team no putt, especially at a place where the greens are so complex and you don't have green books. So I will stay clear of Sergio. And that just leaves um, the 6,900 guys, or the 6K guys. 
and uh, it's a pretty big range. A lot of guys down here that um, I wouldn't even consider. Pretty much anyone below, like Matt Wallace at sixty four hundred, I'm not even going to consider. I guess Matt Jones is a viable option at sixty three hundred, but I don't think I want to go below um, sixty four. So just some of the guys I plan on playing here. Um, I love Connors. Connors helped win me a ton of money back in November, but he's going to be chalk. And again, you know, I'm staying clear of Spieth, staying clear of a couple other chalky guys. So I think um, Connors is another guy where I don't mind uh, pivoting off of. And the direct pivot here for me is going to be Jason Kokrak who, um, I mean, his driving is fantastic. He's top 10 in the field in strokes gained off the tee. Um, he really can uh, can drive the ball out there coming off that win back at the Shriners. Um, and I think this could be, could be a breakthrough week in a major field for him this week. He's been playing at the big, um, in the big fields really, really well. And I think that'll continue this week. Uh, so then a couple other guys here, um, Siwoo, Siwoo Kim, I love him. Uh, 6,700. Um, I think this could be a good week for him, especially if he's able to get out hot on Thursday and Friday and kind of put in um, a good two days there. Uh, I see no reason why he can't contend for maybe a top 15, top 20 um, at the end of the week. And then I also love Ryan Palmer at 6,500. Um, I think this is a misprice. Uh, I'm pretty sure Ryan Palmer should be like probably a 7,500 dollar golfer if not higher i mean i have no doubt that ryan palmer is like better than you know justin rose or matthew wolf or molinari or lowry victor perez like i have no doubt he's better than these golfers so down here at 6500 uh that's a huge discount probably going to be chalky but i'm willing to eat it here because if he can make the cut and potentially push for like a top 20 top 25 he'll pay off um you know six or seven x what we're expecting uh his value to be so that's probably the last guy that I'm looking at down here. Um, so I guess my top three pick or my top three plays here uh, for DraftKings are going to be Matthew Fitzpatrick, probably my favorite play of the week. Um, Ryan Palmer at 6,500, kind of a cheap guy. I absolutely love him. And then um, John Rahm. John Rahm up top, I think he's great. Uh, if you need to plan a flag somewhere in that 10K range, I think you start with Rahm and just kind of build, build from there. And then turning over kind of this to the sports book side, um, bets I already have in. Let's see here. So I got Rory at eighteen to one. Um, looks like yeah, his number's still eighteen to one. I placed all these bets yesterday morning. Um, I wanted to wait till Monday, just to see uh, how the whole Spieth situation would impact the numbers. It didn't change it as much as I was hoping, but. Um, I was able to get some decent numbers. I got I got Roy at eighteen to one. Uh, Patrick Reed I got at thirty three to one. This is kind of just a FOMO bet because every time Reed wins, and I don't have him on the card, I get really upset. So uh, I'm hoping that maybe this week we can catch uh, catch that win. Uh, I got Daniel Berger at forty to one, and then I got Ryan Palmer as a top uh, top twenty bet at plus three ten. So those are my initial bets right now. I'll probably do, um, I like to play the three ball bets um, and maybe some head-to-heads just depending. I might do some head-to-heads with Spieth and hopes to get some plus money on, you know, guys like Reed or Finau, Berger. I feel like Berger head-to-head with Spieth could be uh, could be some plus money with everybody kind of jumping ship uh, on the on the Jordan Spieth 
uh, train right now. So those are my thoughts for the Masters. Uh, hopefully, um, I can make this kind of like a weekly podcast where I just go through the uh, um, the DraftKings pricing and then go over a couple bets that I really like. A lot of it's just going to depend on how busy I get. Um, but yeah, hopefully you enjoyed it and we'll see you next week.